Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Pira. Marler, I feel like we should kick off this podcast by just throwing a football backwards as far as we possibly can and seeing what happens. I think this should be in the in a NFL Combine. This is like the new yeah, NFL Combine. Yes. Thing. Yes. <laughs> Forget the Wonderlick. I don't care yeah. about that. How do you look throwing a football when you have your when the entire game is on the line yeah. and you you need to find an open teammate to be able to get the ball and yeah. run it 30 yards. How do you handle that? That should determine your NFL upside. Eyes in the back of your helmet. Um, <laughs> let me start by saying one thing, and I think this is the most important thing that we're going to say all day, and that is this. If there was ever a game that Vern Lundquist should not have been on the call for, it was this one. He wasn't or, on call for this, though, I know. which is good. I know, because this there's so many things that happen in this game that I know that Vern would have gotten incorrect. It would have been it would have been yeah. the, it would have been like <laughs> like the band is on the field, but like if the person calling it was blind. It was like, eh, that's the game, the coaches are shaking hands at halftime. Like, no, there's like seven laterals going on right now. I was like, and you can tell one of them's not too happy about the outcome, but the Cal Bears are the winners. <laughs> 2015 Arkansas Ole Miss was meant for Sean McDonough, in my opinion. If <laughs> there is someone, I love Sean McDonough because I think nobody is able to capture the craziness of college football quite like he does. I think he does it even better than Joe Tess. I think he does it better than oh, Burn did. I, disagree I, with that. I think I think even with with craziness like this, if I want the pageantry or something like that, my mind goes to Keith Jackson. It goes to Brent yeah. Mossberger, of course, and I think even. To a certain extent, Fowler gets credit for that as well, and some of his oh, call on fourth and twenty, his call on fourth and twenty-six or second and twenty-six rather, was incredible, and, well, and I still think that? that's one of the best. Second and twenty-six, um, yeah, yeah, you know what play that is. But this game was madness. It was yeah. pure ridiculousness, and there have been people that who aren't fans of Arkansas and definitely not fans of Ole Miss who have been asking us to do this game yeah. for a long time just because. It is one of the craziest endings you could ever draw up for a college football game. It's almost, this game, you know what it is? It is almost like a video game glitch yeah. that actually happened in real life. That's fair. And it's like a video game glitch that happened at the end of a Big 12 game. Right. It, like, it was, it was, it, like, there was, it was incredible. Also, real quick, we have time for, like, a story, for, like, not about this game. Just It just reminded me of this. So, Tom Hart tells me this last week about about our boy Chris Fowler. Oh, boy. He was, he was like, <laughs> I, I think I could share this. I don't think this is anything bad. But he was basically saying, he's like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was telling him, I was like, I, I, he said he was out in Breckenridge. I was like, I ran into Chris Fowler one time in Breckenridge. And uh, and I was like, I didn't realize he's like jacked. Like Fowler is oh, like yeah, ripped. Yeah. Right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's in good shape. Yeah, I don't know if he, I don't know if Fowler... Is the, is the biggest fan of me? I had I had a I had an awkward moment with him, and he's like he's like obviously joking, like like I'm sure they're they're boys or whatever. And I go, what happened? And he goes, it's like so we're at this like meeting, ESPN. It's, I'm new, he's been there forever, and and uh, and he he missed the first day, so he didn't know where to go. And I was like, I hey, follow me, I got you, I got you. And he's just like just Tom being Tom, right? And he goes, he goes, uh, he's like, yeah, sorry man, I appreciate it. I wasn't here yesterday. He goes, ah, no problem, Reese, it's no problem. Just follow me, stick with me, oh. you'll be good. And, and, and Fowler looked at him, and then Tom thought it was like hilarious. So Tom's like laughing, and then it was like one of those things. He's like, 
All right, yeah, all right, all right. It's not, it's not funny. Oh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I think that was. You know, when you talk about like the pageantry thing with Jackson on the call, I can't, I can't disagree with you more with the Sean McDonough. It's not important, but I think, I think Jackson was on the call for that hail mary for Colorado, Michigan. I think mm, that could have been. I think Musburger. I feel like I would love, I would love to have on here for this call, possibly. Just because he would have been like, we're gonna go downtown and party tonight, am I right? And then they'd be like, well, maybe do some sad people, but. Um, and, but Tess, man, I think Tess Tour would have been pretty incredible to have us. He would have broken, like, someone's eardrums, for sure, in the booth. If there was ever a game that called for a whoa, Nelly, this is yeah, it. Yeah, for real. This was it. A game that we probably should have done uh, a while ago, but glad that we're getting to it now. Besides just the ending, the yeah. game itself, fantastic. Nearly 1,200 yards of offense. You had 105 total points scored between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Only six penalties the entire game, too, which I thought oh, spoke to the game flow. very costly situations. <laughs> very costly situations. It felt like more than six yeah. penalties in a way, but at the same time, it allowed these offenses to get into a rhythm, and boy, did they ever. This is the exact type of game that I personally love. Yeah. You had an all-time play at the end of the game with the 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 Henry Heave. And is that what it's called, for real? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's alliteration. I yeah. get it. It makes sense. It's not the best name. There there have been better yeah. names for plays in college football, but still, it's it's all right. Um, but you, so you have that. You have teams that are taking chances, going for it on fourth down, going for two point conversions at the end of the game. Obviously, it's just it's nonstop entertainment. Seven ties, eight lead changes. This is exactly the type of game that makes me think. I don't like it when people say. Oh, you know, college football is better when traditional power is good. What was that? Arkansas. Accent? Who was that you doing? Um, stuck up college football fan. <laughs> I hate hearing that take because you know what? Then watch this game. Watch this game yeah. between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Two programs that, yes, Ole Miss obviously like is still in the hunt for the SEC. Yeah. Has control of its SEC destiny that in this terrifying. game. And but at the same time, it's like. This is what makes college football great, in my opinion. When yeah. you, on any given Saturday, you can have a game like this, and as we'll, well get to later, yeah. had some very, very important ramifications to it. Yeah, they th- like the theater. Think about the theater of this on this Saturday. It's the same day as Bama LSU, two versus four. It's in- the CBS doubleheader in which yeah. that's the first game, and so right. that that in itself is always kind of big, and it's it sets that up as well. But using that CBS doubleheader doesn't have. The first game usually doesn't have that big of implications. I mean, Georgia Vandy with the one that we did back in yeah, 2013. That was, that you know. was totally nuts. The game was um, popping. But but like wow, <laughs> wow. But no, so like it's it is. There's there was definitely a lot on the line for this one, and and I like what you know what it made me think of, and I'm gonna get so upset when I think about this. Is it, it just I I just there's nothing like late October, early November college football. There's just not like it just starts it starts to be like when the crazy stuff happens. And, and, like, this game, if you're an SEC fan, you think about, I don't remember the other games from that day, but, like, this game, which Arkansas fans, I'm sorry that Connor said you guys aren't a traditional power. I would never have said that about your program. But that being said, this I mean, is... There yeah. are more powers in the SEC than that, and you don't look at that matchup yeah. and think the same way that you do about an Alabama LSU. That's my only point. No, I agree with that. I, I'm trying to pull up something here on Instagram from the... Uh, what do you go? We posted it yesterday on SDS about Arkansas's total, like, total uh, conference wins since 2012. Um, it's pre- it's dead last. Yeah. In the SEC, it's uh, hold on, I finally got it. 13 and 51 
And the thing, mm. and, and the thing, it's, it's behind Vandy by six games. It's not even close. And to think that this is one of the wins is is kind of crazy in and of itself. They have um, nearly half of their SEC wins this year because they have yeah. a winning record in the SEC. They have five of their eleven wins in that stretch came came this that's, season. That's nuts. But yeah, I mean, th- this was this was a game where it's like, like like on a surface level, I was like, oh god, this is this is one of those games that like I don't want to watch until the very end. And then you start watching it. And it's like, no, it's great. <laughs> it sucks you in immediately. Like I, like I, I told Connor when we first came on the air, I was like, first and foremost. Is Brandon Allen the greatest quarterback in SEC history? <laughs> like, he might be. It's might Joe be. Burrow, Brandon Allen, <laughs> Peyton Manning. Two is down at like eleven or something. I don't know, but like it, it's just it, like he, he was incredible. And then you you forget about how good Swag Kelly was too. Mm-hmm. I, I I all I kept thinking of, and this is this is bad, but like all I kept thinking of is like that dude must have done so well for himself on campus. At like it just he had to be the most popular person on, at times. Cause, on well, campus at Ole Miss. Yeah, because, well, yeah, Swag Kelly, and we have many, many, many thoughts on him as well. But, yeah, I mean, you watch this game, and you're just like, wow, this feels like such a fun back and forth with two quarterbacks who are playing at their yeah. absolute peaks. Yeah. Two quarterbacks who have had very up-and-down careers, I would say, were at a very, very high up. And in this atmosphere in Oxford, which, you know, we were there two years later, yep. three years later, three years later. We were there in 2018, and it felt very different, obviously, than what we're watching in this game. Because in this game, Ole Miss, of course, hasn't been to, hasn't won an SEC championship since right. 1963. They've never been to Atlanta. They're sitting there with the Alabama win in their back pocket, having already had that that key tiebreaker to be able to control their own destiny in the SEC West. This game felt so important in yeah. Oxford. And it's amazing to think about how much stuff has changed in the last Ole, four or five years. Ole Miss football is like me being in shape. It's like there are there are brief little blips on the radar where you're like, wow, look how impressive you are. You look great. And then, like or like now, it's like I'll do the Peloton for like a week. That's like an equivalent of like a two-year stretch under Hugh Freeze for <laughs> Ole Miss. And then you like look at like pictures, you're like, God, I was so young. Look at that hair. Wow, I was really taking care of myself, and then like you fast forward three years later, and you're like, oh man, you've got to stop. You got to get off Uber Eats, Ole Miss. You've got to stop ordering Uber Eats. But even within the season, like Ole Miss has the Alabama win, and then a month later they lose yeah. to Memphis, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, like, that, that's, just, you know that's why they have the second loss. Wasn't that was the same day as you know what? That was the same day. I'm almost positive. I'm like 99% positive. That's the same day as the Michigan Michigan State debacle. The, the punt. Sean and, McDonough. Yeah, and then Bama A&M, I think it was a 3.30 game. I'm like almost positive. I think I was up in Delaware for that day. And then and then LSU, Florida was that night. random state to be in. That's, yeah, my ex was from there. So, anyway. Yeah. Another weird thought. Yeah. This game, this game being played in 2015, how many SEC coaches from 2015 still have their jobs? Is this like a Stump Marler question? This is a Stump Marler question. Um... From this this game, zero. Uh, well, from 2015 total in the SEC. So, I'm just going through the West right now, and it is... Dude, I couldn't even... Uh, Mullen was at Mississippi State. Wow. So, just Saban and Malzahn from the SEC West. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And then There's two from, from the, each division. From the East, is it... No, Kirby wasn't there yet. So, it was... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Stoops was there. Yep. Muschamp was the DC at Auburn. Um, 
So it's not him. Obviously not McIlwain. Hold on. Oh, and Mason? Yeah. There. Yeah, that's it. Wow. So just five years ago, four. five years ago, only four of the 14 SEC head coaches nuts. were in their current jobs. That's how much turnover we've had, and that's why I often say things change a lot and quickly yeah. in this conference. And this game really is a good example of it because if you look at these two coaches who we're going to get to in a second here and how much things just you go from the highs that they were at yeah during this game on the sideline in a hospital bed at liberty I mean. <laughs> life comes at you fast you <laughs> it does that it does before we talk about the coaches and the rest of this game and the heave that many many arkansas fans have replayed in their minds uh, over the past five years marler please tell us about our friends at bet online guys if you don't get to bet online today we're going to fight. We're not going to fight. Um, but do it, guys. Get over to betonline.ag today. We just posted the latest SEC West and SEC East Division uh, title odds, which is pretty interesting. And this is going to shock you. Arkansas, Vandy at the bottom of each division, plus 10,000. So that's not good. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. <laughs> not great. Um, that being said, there are there are a lot of good things to be betting on currently. Uh, make sure you get over to betonline.ag today. They have a massive, massive deal this weekend to play some poker. Um, and you know I will be there. I think we are going to be going out of town, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing poker, so there's that. Uh, but, yeah, make sure you join today. There's nothing better than a hot dog eating competition and some just really loose gambling to get you in the mood for America's birthday. So go to betonline.ag today. Tell them Uncle Chris sent you. I went to a little uh, social distance Social distancing friendly barbecue yesterday um, with uh, oh, Wednesday with my wife's boss. Yeah, like an after work uh, type thing. Um, yeah, small company, so you're able to to have. I mean, it was like you know six people there, seven people there, but in the backyard, so there's plenty of space and stuff like that. Right. Guess how many hot dogs your boy ate? Three. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's it's just, a hat Two beer Connor, two beer Connor, and three beer, uh, and three hot dog Connor. It's the same thing. I haven't had three hot dogs since I was eight years old, so is, they were that good. I was feeling like them. Missing out, man. Fresh off the grill like that? No, that's that's the way hot dogs are meant to be. Uh, a guy who has probably had a couple of hot dogs back in his day, uh, Brett Bielema. Let's start with him, the Arkansas coach. Who in this game? I don't think that's the best look for him. Those those like warm that warm up suit. I don't I don't look at that and instantly <sighs> think of of Bielema. Is this I, one where I, he I think fell that going into the stadium? I don't think so. I didn't see a replay of that. We got with the nice thing about this game is you get the full three hour yeah. version of it. So you you get to see everything in the pregame. You that get to see the halftime interviews, all yeah. that. I think that would have been on there, and I I definitely would have remembered yeah. that. I could I could be wrong, but uh, Bielema during this time, this is his best two week stretch at Arkansas. I, I don't if you want to say the bowl game against Texas, whatever. Yeah. But going on the road and beating this Ole Miss team and also beating LSU the following week when LSU, at the time that this game is being played, LSU was undefeated before this game against Bama, the famous Fournette versus Henry game that turned out to be very, very one-sided. My favorite, yeah. But in this two-week stretch, Bielema is, is feeling himself. And it's quickly forgotten that he got off to a 1-3 and three start this year that included mm-hmm. that loss against Toledo. Yeah, Toledo. Um, not Coach Duggs. Coach Duggs was not at Toledo at right. that point. Um, but this is the year, 
And maybe this two-week stretch is what gets him that extension through 2022. In other words, this game is part of the reason that we have the current lawsuit that's going on with Bielema. As crazy as that sounds, but like you think about, and this gets into the what would have happened if the result was flipped. Bielema, from this point, shows the improvement that, that he was hoping for at Arkansas. And what this signified was, look... This is a different type of Arkansas team than we've been, you know, in the the post uh, the post Bobby Petrino era, where we feel like we're we're really building ourselves back up. Of course, Bielema had those year one struggles, and this team all of a sudden looked different. A team that finished yeah. eight and five overall, five and three in SEC play, which I think is more important than the eight win mark to have a winning record in the SEC when the division obviously was really really good at the time and still is. Yeah. But Bielema confirmed what a lot of Arkansas fans had been hoping for, and a game like this really embodied that. He had an eating problem. Is that what Whoa. you said? Whoa. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. No. Hey, um, if, I, if I was living in the, in the same parts of the country as Bielema for, at that bro, time, I can't say I wouldn't have gained weight like that, too. There's not a bigger hero in, in like, I think in, in the 2010s SEC than, than Brett Bielema, in my opinion. For me, at least. Because... This dude, this dude met his wife at a blackjack table in Vegas. His, like, smoking hot <laughs> wife that he, like, was... Like, it's Brett Bielema, so he was never in shape. It was never, like... It, like, this is not one of those coaches, like, God, man, like, Kirby, he's put on some pounds since he's become a head coach. Like, no, Bielema, like, showed up like the Michelin Man and just stayed the Michelin Man and was like, What's up, guys? I'm Brett! He didn't talk like that. No, he didn't. <laughs> but his personality... <laughs> if his personality could talk, that's exactly what it'd say. So, there's that. It's funny because he's buddies with Hugh Freeze, and on the broadcast, they're like, yeah, apparently the two buddies, they exchange Vegas tips, which, I mean... I want to know what Hugh side. Freeze's Vegas tips are, because I guarantee you there's something with 1-900 numbers. I mean, apparently <laughs> Freeze and his wife go to Vegas, and that that's what they were they were talking about, but I, I don't know. That's he, They, he's they the were an of, SEC odd couple. Like, those people... Yeah, for real. Those people that would, like like, come back from, like, a business convention with, like, a stack of business cards. That's Hugh Freeze, but he's got, like, all the cards from those, like, places you're not supposed to be calling that you get handed to, oh. pass, like, pass it on the street. I'm just saying, that's how he, that's how he recruited, so. At the time, in 2015, uh, the, the public thought of Hugh Freeze in a little bit of a, of a different light. That's what and tweeting Bible verses will do for you, Connor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's That's definitely fair. It made it at least fair to wonder, what do you think, guys, like... Hugh Freeze and Chad Kelly were talking about because yeah. they seemed very, very different in the way that they presented themselves to the world. But Hugh Freeze loved guys like Chad Kelly and he loved guys like Bo Wallace and he yeah. took them under his wing and he was seen as sort of this nurturing, I'm going to build them up, I'm going to, you know, reclamation project type yeah. of coach at this point. I need these reminders every once in a while of just how fun his offense could be because there are moments of watching Freeze's version of the spread that you're just like, this is amazing. Yeah, Yeah, this is amazing. And as much as we we give him flack for obviously the the recruiting violations and all that stuff, there are are points when you watch this offense and you're like, yeah, who wouldn't want to play for that? No wonder they're able to get a kid like Laquan Treadwell to come down from Chicago to want to play in this offense. No wonder they're able to go to the top JUCO program in the country and always get the guys who have just won JUCO national championships to come play for them. Like, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But 
then, you know, there are moments when I'm like, wow, why did Liberty take a chance on him? Well, they're probably still sipping a little bit of that 2015 Kool-Aid. Right. That's fair. I think that's fair to say. Any other thoughts about Hugh Freeze that we haven't gotten? I, so I like Hugh Freeze. I really do. I think his, his offense is exciting to watch. He, I, I told you last year he got upset about something I said on Twitter about him. And like got in like our DMs about it, and I was like, Coach, he's like he's a big DMs guy. He's, he's a, a big, big DMs guy. guy, and he's like, you know what? I'll say it, cause, and like I'm not any different from from this. Well, like I I'm sensitive too about what people say about me online, Hugh. But I but I will also say like, bro, I don't tweet out Bible verses for years at a time and talk about this and that. And then like like if if it wasn't so, it's it's almost like remember when Palmero got in trouble for steroids, and then like pointed at Congress, and he was like, I never took performance enhancing drugs and they were like oh wow you said that with so much conviction maybe he didn't and then you're like oh he did oh he did a lot okay well then yeah it's hard to believe that like that's that's all i just i just wish he i think Hugh freeze is a good coach i think he'll be back maybe in the sec one day and and i think that he he deserves all the opportunities and second chance that he gets i just i i think that's obvious why he didn't get a lot of second chances sooner that's all i had no problem with the whole unofficial official sec ban that greg Sankey yeah. essentially gave for all of those teams in the sec who were looking to hire him as an offensive coordinator there was yeah. talk about bama doing that there was talk about that happening at mizzou and at a variety of places where you're like yeah hugh freeze great offensive mind nobody's doubting that but i still come back to it would have kind of sucked and been a really rough look for the league yeah. if Hugh Freeze had been allowed to be on the sideline while Ole Miss, the program that he put on NCAA probation that he gave a bowl ban to, was not allowed to play yeah. for the postseason, and he's on the other sideline. He gets to do that stuff. That wouldn't have felt right, and that was at the root of why Sinky essentially was like, no, you're going to yeah. need to stay away for a little Common bit. Common sense prevailed on that one. And I think, like to be clear, because we've gotten this a couple times on Instagram, like with like the rankings we put out from Lindy's, and the people are like, "You guys are clowns!" <laughs> like, you ranked Ole Miss such and such, and I'm like, "He's like, y'all just hate Ole Miss." We don't hate Ole Miss at all. Oxford is one of the most fun places I've ever been to in my life. The Grove um, is fantastic. The Grove fantastic. is awesome. Vaught Hemingway is a fun stadium to go to. It is. It really is. It's a, it's a fun stadium to go to. It's a. It's a like driving through Mississippi was one of the f- most fun drives I've ever made by myself. The, now the drive back was tough. Because we did some drinking, but so coming back, four. yeah, because that's you're coming from a totally different side of the country. Where it's yeah. like if you fly in, everybody's everybody's ever flown in for a game at, at yeah. Ole Miss knows that you're flying from, you're flying into Memphis and you're making that drive down. It's an hour drive. There's not a whole lot to see. It's yeah, it's only an hour. It's not that it's you know particularly long I, or anything, but it's it's not the most scenic drive in the world. We can say that. So driving to there was one of the most scenic drives that I've ever been on. I, it was beautiful because I came coming right, like, from the east side. Yeah, yeah. I came into like to Mississippi like during the golden hour. I stopped to get myself some like some gas station chicken tenders from a place. Uh, I think it was from Tupelo where the Elvis Hall of Fame or uh, Elvis Museum was. And like I, I came in and I was like, man, this is like like one of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. That drive back, I remember being just so beaten down by life because I was like, we, I mean, we just, that was a bunch to do, like, like, you know, like that game was at night and we left at halftime because it was over. And then it was like, it still took us like two hours to get home. Me and Duff were just furious. It's like, we were, oh, yeah. we were trying to get like food or whatever. But I just remember driving home the next day and Duff's like, hey, I need you to do a voiceover for this thing. And I was like, trying to do it on my phone and not tell him. <laughs> he knows the story now. But I was like, 
And this is what happened in the top 25 rankings. He's like, can you just do it from your actual computer and not do this <laughs> while you're stuck in traffic? It was the worst. So anyway. But yes, we do love Ole Miss. That's we our long-winded way of saying that. Yes. The A-listers. Uh, let's start with uh, a tight end. Um, for this game, that seems pretty fitting. I don't think we've ever started with a tight end for A-listers before. No. I could be wrong on that. But Hunter Henry, he is the reason that we're talking about this game. Um, lucky on this play that we talk about five years later, absolutely. But still, obviously, really, really good. Three-time All-SEC selection. Won the Mackey Award as the nation's top at tight end this season. Ole Miss fans would probably argue that he's not the best tight end even in this game, obviously, because yeah. Evan Ingram was on the opposite sideline. But I still think that Hunter Henry had a, a pretty good claim to be considered the best tight end in college football. How many times do you think Hunter Henry has been asked or has done so by himself reenacting 4th and 25? Man, what was, going, what was going through your mind on that on that play? I was like, I don't know. Like, Why did he throw it to me? I'm 11 yards short. <laughs> and, like, I don't, just um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a thousand times. Is it fair to say? So when I first started watching this, I, I just kind of assumed every catch was made by Hunter Henry. I, no, I didn't know any other play. No, it was not. But I'm saying like I didn't know any other players besides Alex Collins for Arkansas from this time, or I didn't remember any um, except for Cornelius as well. But it, yeah, it was it was. Uh, I think he's definitely an A-lister. He's probably been asked about this like a thousand. This is like Doring with like his catch against yeah. Kentucky. In '93, like it was like, like and and to be fair, I mean Henry Henry had he had the fourth most receiving yards in this game. It wasn't like he even like it wasn't like Hunter Henry took over. No, he was good, but yeah. he was still somebody who they targeted a lot, especially when they consistently ran that play action that Ole Miss fell for yeah. every single every single time. time. So bad. Yeah. Um, of course, we have to go from Hunter Henry to Alex Collins, who famously. Picked up the 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 Henry heave and ran it uh, essentially like thirty yards on that play. Um, I don't give him enough credit when I think of the SEC's best backs. Of no, the no one does. I, I really don't. Dude, somebody, of all time, of all time, his numbers stack up really, really well. Somebody like who had three thousand yard yeah. or three thousand yard rushing seasons in the SEC, which not an easy thing to do. I think there's only seven people that did it. It might be, it might be less. It's Herschel Chubb, uh, I think Bo. Actually, Bo might not have done. it. I don't think freshman. Bo did it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do it but as a freshman. It is because this is actually a Stump Marler question. I remember getting. I got it right. I'm trying to think who the other people were, but it was like, I think the question wasn't like it was like besides Bo and blah 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 or Herschel and so and so, and it was McFadden. like, yeah, McFadden might have been. I don't remember, but it's like, but I know that Alex Collins on here, and I was like, like that kid, he was a superstar. He's an SEC superstar, in my opinion. Like from the, especially from the 2010s, he's he's one of my favorite SEC players from 2010s from start to finish. And I mean from his recruiting day and all that happened. Yep. Ver, and then and then going into like his actual career with Arkansas. I tell you what, this play alone, like the fact that he had the the maybe this is just like a muscle memory thing that takes over as like for like running backs. But the fact that he in that moment had the patience to get behind his blockers to get the first down because there's a there's, I would have just sprinted towards the boundary like like yes. as, as fast as possible and he got out like like on the edge and he's about you know five to seven yards short of the first down so and you can see him kind of slow down to let his blockers get in the way it, it just was very impressive to me did pastor patty sue run off with your letter of intent no. <laughs> that is I I I just can't 
What? What? It, they, so, if you guys don't know the story about Alex Collins and his recruitment, Alex Collins' mom, um, the day he committed on signing day, it was. It was. This was like on TV. This was like a a big deal, right? He's a four star, top one hundred kid. I think. I know he's a four star. Running back out of Miami, and I think it was between Miami and Arkansas, and it was like a foregone conclusion. She wanted him to go to Miami big time. Yeah, and and I think that like most people, like I think at the time the U was like coming back and all that kind of stuff, and they had How all that swag. Not? Yeah, for real. And uh, and he signed his letter of intent to go to Arkansas, and he said it felt like home. And he and like like and, like I think Bielema had like a large part in that. Obviously, like he was like he felt a lot more comfortable with him than he did with. Whoever the hell was at Miami. Al Golden? Yeah, maybe. The stupid ass ties. Um, and he ended up signing with Arkansas. And then you get like an hour later, right? Like and, and like I remember the Cyrus Quandro thing where it was like, Cyrus Quandro has committed to Auburn and is now saying it's up in the air and hasn't signed his letter of intent. Or last year with um Jordan Birch. Jordan Birch, who was like, he still hasn't signed his letter of intent. He still hasn't signed it. And it's like, oh, dude, what? Like, like well, just sign it. This this happened. Alex Collins' mom stole his letter of intent and then just drove off. Just, like, vanished into the night. It was, oh, man. Here's the thing, and I don't know if she didn't think this whole thing through, but Bielema just <laughs> yes. said, just faxed him another one the next day, and it was all kind yeah. of forgotten. Like, she was essentially treating this like she had the golden ticket mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, there was only one... And she had it, and it was she was gonna get her way yeah. because of doing this. What it's like? Put well, all five of the golden ticket national <laughs> national letters of intent in the same box. <laughs> like, why would you do that? I like you know what you know. What I like to think of too with this is, I, like if you've ever been to like a game day with like recruits and stuff, and they come on campus, like they take care of the parents, and like they, they you know it's like hey like come get some food and come get this. I, I I would bet you almost anything like when they went to go to dinner or whatever it would be. Brett Bielema had her like food or got someone to like bring her food and then like last second like just take off. Just like, <laughs> like nope. <laughs> just bye. So anyway. Alex Collins though, a very big part of this game. A game in which obviously featured a lot of passing, but he still um, obviously made his mark felt uh, at the very end. By the way, 1,500 rushing yards and 20 rushing scores in 2015, but it gets overshadowed because, I mean, it even got overshadowed that day because you had the big Henry versus Leonard Fournette matchup um, that night. And those two backs obviously almost 2,000 yards, dude. He had almost 2,000 yards and like 22 touchdowns that year. Or 19 or something crazy. What a year for SEC backs that was. Yeah. All right, let's get to the greatest quarterback of all time, Brandon Allen. Jesus. What a game. I mean, six touchdowns, school record that he broke a couple weeks later against Mississippi State. 442 passing yards. Against schools in the state of Mississippi in 2015, dude had 13 touchdowns, 848 passing yards, and no interceptions. If you just let Brandon Allen play against the state of Mississippi, I'm pretty sure he's like Joe Burrow. Yeah, I have a I have a different comp, but I'm not going to make because I don't want to get in trouble. Do it. Brandon Allen and social progression are just, they stay undefeated against against the state of Mississippi. It's just, that's, that's all it is. Whoa, whoa, come on, what are you talking about? What? Go ahead, moving on, moving on. Um, did this game get him drafted? Uh, <laughs> he has a little small hands. He was stretching out his hands before the, the combine. It's the first person to ever do that. He got a hand stretcher. Props. Yeah. You know what? Do what you got to do to get paid. 
Yeah. And he, he clearly did. I don't want to say that his entire NFL draft highlight reel it was is. based on this game, yeah. but was at least, you know, 50, 60% of it based on this game? I don't blame him if it was, because he was brilliant. The guy made every throw every on throw. time. He was so in rhythm. There was nothing that Ole Miss could do to really get him off of his game. And up, up until even the last play when he sneaks in the two-point conversion for the win, they're just like, this dude can do dude, no wrong. There are... There are, and I, I don't care how this sounds. Hear me out here. If you if you think this is a, a stretch of the imagination or being embellished, oh boy. it probably is. But um, there are so many shades of Joe Burrow on the run. His play on the run and the accuracy he had. Yeah, because pre-snap, it's not really. No, but he, but he was like, he made he made one play rolling out to his right that looked like several Joe Burrow passes last year where he's like about to go out of bounds and just all of a sudden just like flicks one. Hits a dude in stride, like who's like in like just being blanketed in coverage, and somehow hits him perfectly, and then gets like a thirty-yard gain. But yeah, Brandon, Brandon Allen, he like it was. I, I still my favorite thing about him is when he tried to stretch his hands because he had small hands, and I think they actually grew like a quarter of an inch. He took Props, his flats man. out because unlike unlike his his character, Andy Bernard, this was his real height. So he mm. yeah, there you go. I see what you did there. Yeah. The the Allen family is essentially like the the Plumleys of Arkansas football, um, like you know Miles Plumley, all the Plumleys at Duke. Oh, oh yeah, um, I think meant John Rice. No, 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 no. I should have I should have definitely um, uh, prefaced that. But Austin Allen, of course, started after him. Uh, yeah. His brother started for Arkansas 2016, 2017 as well. But good for Brandon Allen for still. Having an NFL job, he's a free agent right now, but probably going to get picked up, probably going to get to pull the clipboard and make a lot of money doing it. So, you know what? He's been doing it for four years now, I think. So His his entire, his family, like, lineage and generations that they spent in Arkansas are, like, like Hunter Renfro, just his career. Like, they have, they were there forever. Yeah. Yeah. Dad was an assistant there as well. Yeah, the Allen family uh, has definitely spent a whole lot of time in Fayetteville, that's for sure. Okay, the other greatest quarterback of all time, Swag Kelly. Oh, Swag. Love yourself some Swag Kelly. I do love myself some Swag Kelly. It's about time we talked about him. Um, One of my first memories when I started at SDS at our offices down here in Orlando, which we no longer have, unfortunately, just because everybody lives all over the country. Um, All day, our boss, John Cooper is blasting this self-titled rap song from Chad Kelly. And it's incredible. It's on SoundCloud. It was before SoundCloud got really big. Uh-huh. Like before before you had the, the the guy who was like, yeah, go listen, go listen to me on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, Chad Kelly is like the original version of this. This song actually came out in 2012 before he got to Clemson. Just Google it, Chad Kelly I've, rap song. I've heard it, yeah. If you haven't, if you're listening to this, all you need to know is it starts off with Chad Kelly rapping the first 15 seconds. And in between everything, every little positive attribute he's naming about himself, it's swag, swag, swag. It's so, it's cringy, it's but it's so, so perfect. It's so bad. It might be the greatest rap song of all time. My favorite lyrics personally, Chad Kelly on the field, you know it's swag. Touchdown every time that he throw a pass. You delivered that so poorly. Well, so poorly. So does he. So does he. That's yeah. why it's fit. It 2012. Go ahead. Best, other best line. 2012 Clemson. It's the year, boy. It's the eye what? of the tiger up in here, boy. Man. 
I just, I can't believe. Chad Kelly once once got kicked out of a high school football game when he wasn't in high school. It's an amazing, it's an amazing list of accomplishments that Chad Kelly has. How many people on the face of the earth can say that they A, beat Alabama, B, participated in a high school football brawl as an adult spectator, C, made a self-titled rap song that got a whole lot of traction three years after it came out, um, D, became Mr. Irrelevance in the NFL draft, and E, got beaten by a vacuum cleaner after drunkenly trespassing into a stranger's house. Oh my God, I forgot about that. What what a what a career like, like that is a I can full say, career. I can say. I can say one of those. I have a rap song, but it's not. That's wait, not wait, it wait a minute. I'm not wait a minute. You. you guys don't even. I can't. You guys. Aren't no, 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 no. You you don't just drop that and then run away from it. I made a rap song in 2010. And recorded at an actual studio. <laughs> it was set to the. I'm not. I can't. It's it's honestly. It's not. Uh, Marler, we have been not... doing this podcast for two and a half years, and several times. You have shared many embarrassing details of your life, oh, mainly the, the one, mainly the one about you almost getting Ryan Cabrera lyrics tattooed <laughs> to yourself <laughs> for yeah. life, and yeah. you have somehow never shared the fact that you indeed recorded a rap song. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was. It was set to the uh, instrumental of "Money to Blow" from Birdman, Wayne, and and Drake. Um, Young Money. Yeah, that's right, um, and. That's all I'll say about that. It, it, the content of it was, I wrote it for uh, finals week, like for kids that were going to be in finals week. I, I'll tell you off air what it was about because the content of it is not appropriate <sighs> for our audience. But it's, uh, yeah, it was, it's out there. Somebody's going to find this. Someone's going to find it. In the same way that somebody found Chad Kelly's, <laughs> Chad Kelly's rap song in 2015. Because yeah. like I said, this came out before all the stuff with him getting kicked off of Clemson after the spring game deal and his, his East Mississippi stuff. Yeah. He, in this in this rap song that he comes out with, he has like clippings from news stories <laughs> done about him. <laughs> he just throws in there yeah. in the bridge. It is it's amazing. Um so we needed him, I I think, in the SEC in this post Johnny Manziel era. I I think I think he added a certain amount of intrigue at a time when in, in 2015, you know, we're still kind of getting old. Like 2015 is, of course, the year that, that Spurrier, middle of the season, leaves the conference. You know, all the clowny hype had, had left yeah. the SEC because, of course, he moved on to the NFL early. And this post-Manzel world that we were living in when, you know, we had like stuff like Lane being an offensive coordinator at Alabama that was providing entertainment. But you needed something kind of like a Swag Kelly. And to me, the fact because if he was just if he was just bad, it wouldn't have been very fun. But he had these highs that were incredible, and you see so many of them in this game, where you're reminded like this guy knew what he was doing, and it wasn't just okay. He he's the nephew of Jim Kelly, and he's getting all this favorable treatment or whatever. Dude was good, and he was you know somewhat careless with the football. I think we yeah. can say that safely, but. He was a source of entertainment that we very much needed in the SEC. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. We've talked about Robert Kandichi before, so I don't want to spend um, much time on him. I just want to ask you one question. Guess how many tackles he had in this game? Uh, he was very close several times. I'm going to say zero. Uh, he had one more than that. <laughs> 
just I always I'm just always waiting for Robert Condici to break out. Unbroken glass. That's my favorite Robert Condici song. Analytics. Laquan Treadwell, Ole Miss receiver. Again, talked about him a lot when we did that 2014 game uh, with Auburn and Ole Miss. After that brutal injury that he had, of course, at the end of that game, he bounced back. And in this game, he's good. He's quietly somewhat. Seven catches for 132 yards and a touchdown. What are you typing so loudly? It's gum. You're chewing gum while recording a podcast. Do it every time. You you, you never notice. I notice sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Quan Treadwell, just such a big physical target. And important, obviously, for for Chad Kelly to be able to Huge catch at the end of the first half. Huge. Very, yeah, good point, good point. Um, but still kind of working through that injury. And he, he's, he had a comment uh, where they brought that up on the broadcast of like, yeah, I still think about that every time I'm mm-hmm. getting near the goal line. How could you not? And I wonder, yeah. that sort of made me wonder, is that always sort of been in the back of his mind ever since that happened? I don't think that that's entirely necessarily why it hasn't worked out for it's him the same in the weekend almost. So it's almost like, so that happened, because I remember last time we did the Auburn Ole Miss game, it was the off week for before the Bama LSU game because remember they kept talking about that game and like the implications of the SEC West and like the lead up that was going into November. So this is like a year and one week after that happened. I can't I, I can't imagine playing football after that. It's crazy it's and being relied on as much as he was mm-hmm. to, to be able to return. Uh, physical freak for sure. Laramie Tunzel. Uh, another guy that was part of that very, very famous Ole Miss recruiting class in 2013. All um, gas masks, no breaks. <laughs> we don't necessarily need to go down that road because I feel no. like we have before. But he was suspended for the first seven games of this season because of accepting money from an agent. That kind of was the precursor to the whole gas mask deal. Uh, the stuff with it was it was his stepdad and all that. And it was only like 800 bucks a month. I, again, that's a steal. He was the number one offensive lineman in the country. Like, good job, Hugh Freeze, for real. I'm not, I'm not even being sarcastic. I mean, he was in trouble for taking money from agents, so, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Either way. I mean, he got money. Let's just say yeah. that. Laramie Tunzel got paid. I don't think there's right. any debate about that. Um, I just want to say good for Laramie Tunzel for actually, like, turning himself into a really good NFL player. Yeah. Went to a Pro Bowl last year and has probably overcome a whole lot of the post-draft bust labels that were being attached to him after the whole gas mask deal so good for Laramie Tunzel for showing that yes he's a very very talented player and you want him on your football team without a doubt uh breakout performers you mentioned before how you thought Hunter Henry caught everything in this game the two big breakout performers that I had listed here both Arkansas receivers uh Drew Morgan who uh, the previous year only had 10 catches and he had a hundred had a couple hundred yard games earlier in the season but in this game career high nine catches uh, had 122 yards, three touchdowns. Mainly this game probably fueled his second-team All-SEC selection, yeah. but was very, very good throughout this day and somebody that Brandon Allen relied on a ton. You just had a very precarious I saw nod. the first prominent extra. I'm so pumped. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we get to that, Dominic Reed, the other Arkansas receiver who had a big, big day. Juco transfer. Yeah. Uh, first first and only 100-yard game of his career. Uh, only time he ever exceeded four catches, and he had seven in this game. Uh, also, the only time that he ever exceeded multiple touchdowns, had two in this game. Um, had the big game-tying touchdown in the final minute of regulation, which sort of gets forgotten yeah. in this wild sequence that, that happened. But Dominic Reed was... Very, very good, and I had moments where he was almost my uh, 
my Trent Richardson can't believe they didn't pick it in the NFL. But then you look at the rest of his career and they're like, yeah, this was this was kind of his peak. Yeah, right. I say that. Pro- prominent extras. Hold on real quick. Prominent, before we get, can we also include Gary Wonderlick just for his name? It's a great name. The Gary Wonderlick, the kicker for Ole Miss. That's the most perfect kicker name ever and also accountant name that you would ever was, have. Wait, wasn't he the kicker for Arkansas? No, he was Ole Miss kicker. Okay. Who's, um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah the, the kicker for Arkansas was a, was a true freshman. I'm, bl- yeah. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he, I, he had a rough day. I watched the – he only went one for two. He had a 45-yarder. I, I watched Portland's no, – I watched Colorado State, Arkansas yesterday, uh, like in the morning before – SEC takeover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, it cut out because our, our power went out. But, like, it like the first half, that dude hit, like, a 55-yarder for Arkansas. It's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the prominent extras. We have one special guest. Matt Luke. Hey, 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 it's been a it's been a while. It's, it's been a while uh, since we we've been no talk. I hope I hope y'all are doing well. This COVID is man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard out here. I'm talking about Matt Luke. Matt Luke, former offense coordinator, Ole Miss. I mean, just former head coach, Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss football. And uh, God dang, I mean, it, that, that, that 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 day in in Oxford, it was it was a. Uh, it was electric. It was electric. It, it was like it was like my uh, like a pressure washer because because my my pressure washer is electric. You get it, Connor? <laughs> they they were calling the atmosphere that day. They kept calling it the slide because it was electric all day. That was the worst dad joke I've ever told. Was... <laughs> I feel like Matt Luke is full of bad dad jokes. Yeah. I tell you what, that stutter I added into the impression was that was, that was spot on. That was really good. <laughs> It's like a little bit, a little bit Elmer Fudd. Yeah, you talk Matt Luke, head coach, Ole Miss football. God, I wish he was still at Ole Miss. I mean, Lane's that, great, but like I don't have a Lane impression. It'll take a little bit. It'll yeah. take a little bit. Uh, Matt Luke, and ironically enough, the guy whose job he took at Georgia as Georgia's offensive line coach, also yep. in this game, Sam Pittman, the Arkansas offensive line coach. I don't think you have a good Sam Pittman. Yet, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I do. You have one word. That's uh, that's all he has. That's true. All right, yeah. fair enough. Establishing himself as a really good SEC recruiter at this time, last year before going to Georgia. Um, that was kind of an awkward breakup, I remember. Bielema was pretty upset that, that Pittman yeah. left. And I think a lot of Arkansas fans who obviously – they're, they're hoping that he is the guy moving forward. They realized in those those years without him how important he was from a recruiting standpoint, and they really kind of fell off after yeah. he left, and he was such a key piece for Bielema, especially recruiting in that part of the country. But he had a few moments on camera in this game, yeah. kind of fitting for the, the prominent extra. I don't think is he got this, an on-air mention, though. Is this Pittman with glasses, like smart Pittman, or is it like... I don't think he was wearing glasses in this game. Does, does Pittman wear glasses on the sideline? I don't know. I don't think he does. No. But I, I will I say that, that this has to be the best offensive line coaching staff of all time. For real. With Sam Pittman and Bielema on there? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. You could you could definitely say Bielema is, is part of that. I think that it's – Bielema's – Bielema built his entire reputation on what he did in the trenches, both at Wisconsin and his early days at Arkansas. How many times on the broadcast did they say, Arkansas, you just got to trust this offensive line. It's the biggest in the country. I get that. They were built on the run game. Totally understand that. 
But the way it ended in 2017, where that offensive line was so bad. Yeah. I mean, so bad. It's hard to really say that that was all on Bielema, and that might be unfair. That might be unfair. But I don't know. I have a bad taste in my mouth about that whole deal with, yeah. with the way that it ended with him. Speaking of bad tastes in your mouth, Dan Enos, the Arkansas course, offensive dude. coordinator. Got any thoughts on Dan Enos? Marla? He's such a coward. Um, I don't care how that sounds. If you if you if you are a grown ass adult and you can't walk up to your employer and say like, "Hey, I'm leaving," you're a grown ass man. That is that is so that's so weak. I don't care do you know how that what, sounds. Do you know what Dan Enos is doing right now? I don't know. Working at a Pep Boys. Not quite. Not quite. He's doing. He's still an on-field assistant technically, but after getting fired in his one year as Miami's offensive coordinator when he left in the middle of the night and didn't tell Nick Saban about it and upset a lot of people in Alabama, mainly you, he is now the running backs coach at Cincinnati. For like the Bearcats or the... Or for the... Not the Bengals. Bengals not the okay. Bengals. No, the college team. College yeah. team. Um, so uh, Dan Enos has had just a weird career, and maybe we should have seen some of these weird moves coming Um Resigned uh, the year before. Where was he at? I think he was at. Was he at Central Michigan? He resigned. Yeah, I, he resigned at a Group of Five bowl team to take a Power Five offensive coordinator job, which I, I don't mean, feel like that's that normal of a move. He's he is he, he's a fantastic quarterbacks coach. He's a fantastic quarterback coach. Fantastic quarterbacks coach. He's just that like every you said it too, and I got pissed when you said it. Going into media days about how like Saban was complaining about how like he, like the the assistants were a distraction and it was like dude it was so obvious like that, that Dan Enos was just like I can't imagine Dan Enos and and first off what an incredible coaching staff <laughs> now that I'm looking at it with like Bielema him and Pittman but like I can't imagine him getting along well actually I could see him get along with Bielema never mind yeah maybe I mean, he that's just go, go ahead. I mean, maybe that's just more like his speed is like more like an easygoing guy. I just thought it was such a weird thing to be like, yeah, yeah I'm staying. I'm staying. I got promoted. Like I, I got, I got what I asked for. I'm staying. And then like, and then he just like in the middle of the night. I thought that was weird. And I, yeah, I'm jaded because of my fandom. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. Enos had replaced Jim Cheney at Arkansas. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of lot of different weird parallels here, and especially with Georgia included as well. Do you um, ever do you ever hear like a breakup song from like your high school girlfriend? Or like a song that reminds you of like your high school girlfriend, and you're like, you don't care about that person anymore, but you're like, oh yeah, like I don't, I don't like that person for like a minute. Like that's what I think about when I see Danny Nose's name. Like I think I'm in a better situation without Danny Nose in my life, but at the same time, I'm like, screw Danny Nose. Like you won the breakup with Danny. <laughs> I definitely did. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> All right, last prominent extra that I have. Uh, tie no, story. <laughs> this is the story of a hurl. That's all we need to say about what, Ty this story. is like we should only do games with with Matt Luke and Ty Story and all these people that yeah this is a this is you know what this is what I needed today. This is the perfect it just meant more game and I'm I'm a little bit embarrassed that it took us this long yeah. to do it with some hey, of Ty, these Hey Ty, how, 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 how you doing today? You doing you look, you look good, man. You're still slinging around a little bit. <laughs> all right, the story arc of this game. Okay, I missed Ty Story. I missed Ty Story badly. <laughs> Favorite line from the broadcast. As we've said, it was not Sean McDonough on the call, unfortunately. It was Aaron Carter Taylor. Blackburn. Carter Blackburn was on play-by-play, and Aaron Taylor was on color. Um, 
Aaron Taylor had a couple good lines. Yeah. Had a couple a couple things that really frustrated me, but a couple good lines. One of them being, um, there was this time uh, in the first quarter where uh, Swag Kelly drops back to pass to Laquan Treadwell, and um, Taylor says, "That time Chad Kelly was back there eating sandwiches, like that, like that." The, the better part, uh, Blackburn chimes in after that, like after like ten seconds, it took him to think of this line, and he says. Maybe a buffalo chicken sandwich, um, because you get it, Chad Kelly is from Buffalo. Um, and then afterwards, Taylor has like the deepest, most like, you know the, the church level chuckle? Like, it's like a one, two, like small chuckle that you have in church when like the pa- you know, pastor Patty Sue makes a little yeah. bit of a joke. And it's like, <laughs> and it's just that. <laughs> but Aaron Taylor doing it with like how deep his voice is <laughs> yeah. was just so Pretty great, because it, it's, it's definitely forced. But yeah. it's in there, and it made for such a, like an awkward interaction. Those guys didn't have the best of they chemistry. They had no chemistry. None. I, and so, and Carter Black, like, I'm sure if you get to that level, you're obviously really good at what you do. Yeah, It did not sure. show through with this performance from Carter Blackburn. But I will say, having someone named Carter Blackburn in, in the studio or in the booth for this game in Oxford, Mississippi, it was so fitting because Carter Blackburn sounds like the name of every, I don't know, Fiji president, like frat president ever in, in college, like in, in an yep. SEC school. So that, that was good on them for doing that. What was your favorite line from the broadcast? So it was the same one. But it was specifically okay. the buffalo chicken part because it yeah. made me hungry. It made me yep. really hungry. And I went to Chick-fil-A after that. boy. I yelled uh, at somebody because they cut me in line. Go ahead. How dare you. <laughs> the coldest take from the broadcast Aaron Taylor, yeah. in the intro, says this. And to be fair, this entire game was essentially a cold take. The whole thing. Um, the, it, everything was, because yeah. Arkansas was out there slinging Ooh. the ball over the place. And Real quick, real quick. This is not a line from the broadcast, but I have it marked down as my favorite moment from the broadcast. Arkansas scores the third quarter with two minutes and 14 seconds to go to tie it up for like a thousandth time. They show sad Ole Miss fans, which are basically oh, just like yeah. – it's just like, imagine if a Lily Pulitzer mannequin was married to a Vineyard Vines mannequin. That's exactly what Ole Miss fans look like. Especially in like peak 2014, 2015 when they were like all feeling themselves. And they show someone who I'm assuming his name is probably Carter Blackburn II. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's just like, like he has not been that upset since his dad had to sell his, his dealership when he was like in middle school. There were so many shots of the crowd that I'm just like, you know what? This is, I'm not big on, on, on adding fuel to the stereotypical fire I am. that comes with fan bases, but this game is not helping that. I'll just no. say that. No, it's not. Dad, how much does you get a free Buick now if you sold the, if you sold the dealership? <laughs> sorry, 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 son. <laughs> uh, line from the broadcast that was just quickly cold from Aaron Taylor, and I'm not sure how long it took him to realize this, but uh, he says, I think Alex Collins could hold the key to playing defense today by playing keep away. There was no keep away in this no. game whatsoever. It was it, the epitome of the last team on the field is going to have the best chance to win. And they realized that by the fourth quarter, but there was nothing about this game that involved keep away. No, not at all. No, not at all. Uh, other, other cold take I had, and like I said, this entire game was a cold yeah. take. You could really pick and choose a lot of different moments, I'm sure. Um, but Aaron Taylor saying, uh, middle of the third quarter, Ole Miss is up 31-24, to 24, and he says, they don't want to get into a shootout with a team that leads the conference in explosive plays. 
uh, that's exactly what Arkansas wanted to do by game's end, and it worked. Yeah, they. so my cold take from this was, like, the biggest play of the game, obviously. And it was, it was like, oh, and it's it's batted down. It's an incomplete pass. While the play, it's Carter, Carter Blackburn saying it. And, like, Henry heaves the ball behind his head. And it's like, and Ole Miss knocks it away. It's batted down. And, and like, he's like, oh, uh, no. It's a lateral. It's a live ball. And, like, by the time he's saying it's a live ball, Alex Collins is, like, three yards away from the first down. And it was like, are you on delay? Like, what is happening? Many thoughts on that. Damn it, Many, Carter. many thoughts. The Jadavion Clowney reminder that normal people don't play this game. <laughs> Swag Kelly had this pitch that was baffling. Yeah. It was great. It was like a backhanded weird flip that looked way forced. And on many different instances, it's probably um, an incomplete pass, maybe an interception to a defensive tackle. I don't know. But it didn't look like it should have been a good play, and it was. And it turns out to be a first down. And this play and this game just sort of reminded me, you're very big on, on the comps here. And I think yeah. I finally nailed it down for Chad Kelly. I've said too many of them. Chad Kelly is Daytona Beach Johnny Manziel. Oh, my God. That's incredible. He's, he's going to play his music way too loud. He's going to get into a fight about it probably. Yeah. And you'll be like, wow, like, look at this view. Like, because if yeah. you go to Daytona Beach, the view's awesome. And just like the moments of Chad Kelly when he makes this incredible play, and you're like, wow, this is, you know, this is amazing. But then at the end of the day, you're going to be like, there are a million other beaches on the coach on the coast, and I yeah. have no idea why I'm here. I yeah. should just go to another beach. Yeah, he's he's either that or he is like if Myrtle Beach won a Heisman. He he is just high class white trash, is what I like to say. He he's like he's a, he was a good quarterback, man. Like he he had he had like for college like his skill level, he had a fantastic arm. He's such an underrated runner. That no one gives him credit for. He hit three he rushing touchdowns. He was great in this game. Yeah, over 100 yards rushing and three three rushing touchdowns. But yes, Daytona beats Johnny Manziel. Maybe the single greatest comp anyone's ever made on this this podcast. And I've made a, I've made some good ones. <laughs> I'll say What's it. Church camp Stephen Garcia. Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> who was that? I don't remember. That was uh, oh oh gosh, who was that? I'm blanking. I just had it and I lost it. Church but it was like camp another Stephen Garcia. Was it Bo Wallace? I think it was Bo Wallace. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Um, and then, you know, who, <laughs> that is so good. Um, there was one I made about Rex Grossman, and I can't remember what it was. It was like, I think it was like, I think it was Tim Tebow if he got kicked out of church camp or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, well, either way. <laughs> the other uh, Jadavion Clowney reminder that normal people don't play this game. Uh, Demorier Stringfellow on this touchdown that he has in the second half. Dude just escapes like three different tacklers. I, I have no idea how Arkansas didn't tackle him when they basically had him by the ankles, wrapped up, and then yeah. they had another guy coming in to finish off the tackle. Had him hogtied, huh? <laughs> I see. Okay. Damn yeah, it. that's, Chris, yeah. that's they, Carter Blackburn didn't make that reference on the broadcast. So. That's right. I don't know how he escapes this, but basically escapes the, the ankle tackle and then jukes out like two other dudes and then scoots away from that, runs into the end zone. Bad tackling, yes, but a reminder that these old Miss skill players were really, really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very impressive, but uh, just seemed like there were plays like that kind of throughout the day. A lot of different examples of Jadavion Clowney reminders that normal people don't play this game. What did you settle on? That was the same one, and I had to go back and rewatch it because I kept, I kept thinking, I was like, like there was a couple plays, like Ingram made this like toe-tap inbounds play 
where he like just did like a full 360 in like the first quarter, and I was like, that can't be the one that's gonna I'm gonna choose because it's so early in the game. Um, like like it was nothing. Like it was just like like he was running the just route. It's supposed to be like a back to, like a back shoulder throw, and he like fully catches it and does like a 360 toe taps, and then like tries to go upfield, and you're like, what are you doing? How, like how did you do that? Um, I never forget that he ran like a four four one. Like that's freak athlete, freak athlete. Um, the, I had this one though. I had to rewind it like twice because I was like, "Is that just bad tackling, or is he just like a beast?" And I, I assumed maybe I just need to get better at my job because I was like, "Wow, Laquan Treadwell is just going off right now. Go off, King." <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> and then it was like Demorie Stringfellow. And then I knew I had to keep that as the play because that name is wow. It's a great like, name. If there was ever a Marvel character villain's name, it's Demorie Stringfellow. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking that's the, it. Almost sounds like a creative player in NCAA 14 or something. That's like that. also true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, do you do you want your player to have a visor? It's like, no, I'd like them to have a monocle. Yes. Like that's what we need. <laughs> the uh, Trent Richardson. I can't believe they didn't make him the NFL. This one's tough. There's a lot of examples. We've already done Treadwell and Kimdichi for this with the Auburn game that we did from 2014. So I went in a different direction. Yeah. Um, I went with Alex Collins. Because, yeah, I mean, running backs kind of dime a dozen, get it. But only a fifth-round pick, um, only had three years in, in the NFL, got cut by the Ravens after he got arrested, post-accident for a gun-slash-weed-related deal. Um, not great, but thought he was, watching this game back, just thought he was super shifty, a guy that could make people miss in the open field, and I'm sure the lazy comparison for him was like maybe an Eddie Lacy. Yeah. And I hate that comparison just because I think people make that comparison because he looks like him and that's dumb. And I hate that when people dreads. do that. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, Dak Prescott's like Russell Wilson. It's like, okay, really? We're gonna go there? Let's 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 make yeah. comparisons that are actually based on like their style of play. I don't think that was necessarily like Eddie Lacy 2.0, but right. I thought Alex Collins was was great in the open field too. Yeah. And while this game didn't necessarily um, showcase it like a, a typical Alex Collins game that we saw throughout 2015, where he was getting more work, I still was like, man, that guy looks like an NFL back. I just mm-hmm. think that he moves like one, and I was surprised that he didn't necessarily get that type of love after all that production that he had in three yeah. years at Arkansas. I agree with that. He he ran hard, like. Like, I think what makes like a really good running back in the SEC especially, like, you have to be able to run between the tackles. Like, you absolutely have to yeah, be able to run yep. between the tackles. But at the same time, you have to be able to be, like, shifty enough, like you're saying, in, open, op- in the open field to, you know, like, I don't know, be elusive, have, like, breakaway speed. I don't think he had breakaway speed necessarily, but he was... He was always falling forward. And- always falling forward. Um, did you have any for Trent Richardson? Can't believe they didn't make no, it. No, I so I didn't realize that he didn't make it in the NFL, so that was kind of upsetting. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, tr- we've already talked about Treadwell, and we've already Treadwell and Kimdichi are, are like yeah. so obvious for this. Yeah. So um, and and Swag Kelly, I mean, Swag Kelly and Brandon Allen, like you watch this game, and you'd be amazed to to find out that no, none of like neither of those guys were drafted in the first five rounds of yeah. the draft. But kind of speaks a little bit to this being the peak of their college careers in a lot of ways. I will say I'm surprised with the the like not not because of his intangibles or like he, I mean he had a lot of baggage. Talk about Spike Kelly, he had a lot of baggage. Um, but I will say 
I'm surprised he didn't go sooner than Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised now that he didn't do well because he got drunk and walked in someone's house. And, like, I mean, that's, you know, it happens to the best of us, but... Happens. Yeah. Every once in a while, you just need a moment. Everybody can have a different come-to-Jesus moment. Sometimes you just got to get beaten up with a vacuum cleaner at a stranger's house. Happens, you know? Um, But he also also tore his ACL the following year, too. So I think he was... Like, is he, like, didn't get in... He got invited to the Combine originally, and then they, like, took it away. There was some discrepancy with that. So, yeah, yeah, just, just a weird, weird situation. And somebody who... Definitely did not have a, a steady career. It was always, no. it was always something. Uh, the thing that you didn't know, slash remember until rewatching slash researching this. Uh, speaking of Swag Kelly, his numbers were really good in 2015, like really good. Yeah. Um, while he had those mistakes, and that was probably what made people think, yeah, this guy's maybe not great for the NFL. Um, think about this: 41 total touchdowns. 4,500 yards this year. This game, of course, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, 478 yards from scrimmage. Swack Kelly balled out Went in off. 2015. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was really, really good. And the supporting cast definitely definitely helped. Definitely yeah, had no some doubt. weapons Still. for sure. But, yeah, he was a, a great, great player this season. Um, I also <laughs> forgot that this game was uh, went into overtime. Yeah. I used to get this as decided in at the end of regulation, and for whatever reason, I kind of think that all of this craziness was with like 20 seconds left, and then you know because fourth and 25, when you first hear that, you don't think overtime. No, you that don't. That doesn't sound like overtime at all. No. And so I'm always I always need to be reminded that I actually took the two point conversion yeah. to be able to win this game, and it was Bielema going for going for incredible two in that call. Spot. Like just like knowing Amazing. the momentum is in your favor, and then like this yep. team is gassed and broken emotionally. Um, yeah, like I, I I thought like I tell you what I what I didn't remember until watching this game was I forgot it was fifty three to 52. I thought for some reason I thought in my head I was like yeah, it's like a twenty eight twenty seven game <laughs> and it was like that in the first nope. half. Um, there was just there, this was like this was a like I forgot how bad the defenses played, um, but it was still man like what a what an incredible game. It just it just did it did, did it never stopped being entertaining. If and I also big... forgot that this when you talk about the end of regulation, I forgot that both teams were trying to to oh, yeah. score in the end of regulation to win yes. and both teams kind of had a chance like. Like, Ole Miss was, they were driving. Like, you thought they had a good chance at least getting a field goal range. And Gary Wonderlook, I believe, was a senior at the time and a pretty good kicker. And then you have, uh, what do you, I think he was a senior at the time. And then you have Arkansas get the ball back and actually line up to kick uh, a field goal to win the game. And it ends up getting blocked. Yeah, that was what I had for the when the losing team blew it. The, Damn that it, sequence. My bad. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You, you, you went right into it. That's totally fine. Um, that sequence at the end of regulation was wild, wild, totally wild. Forgot about how how crazy that was. Where like 25 seconds left, two timeouts. Ole Miss is in Arkansas's territory. Given the way that the game has gone, you're thinking yeah. like, yeah, they, they should absolutely have a chance to line it up for a game winning field goal, no problem. But then when Chad Kelly can't escape that pressure and he gets sacked, and then that leads to what could have been a monumental mistake by Hugh Freeze. Well, in hindsight, it's a mistake. At the time, everybody in that stadium wants Ole Miss to go for it, but they go for it on fourth down when they're like essentially at midfield. And if you don't convert there, like you leave enough time on the clock for Arkansas to convert one big pass play and to have a potential game-winning field goal. Sure enough, that's exactly what happens. 
But as you said, Arkansas gets that 47-yard field goal attempt blocked, and that's what leads to overtime, and that's what sets up this sequence where, okay, let's get into, are are we ready to get into 4th and 25? Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Okay, okay. So after Ole Miss scores right off the bat, uh, immediately, I mean, takes the momentum back, and it's looking like Arkansas is going to lose this game. When you're dialing up a play for 4th and 25, there's just only so much you can do. And Brandon Allen, as good as he was on this day, I don't think that there's a whole lot in the playbook that you can do to really scheme <laughs> receivers open for 4th and 25 Small with games in the line. So, like cabbage. <laughs> sure enough, you know, this game did not have a, a play that was able to get to that, that down in distance yeah. where... Hunter Henry catches the ball on the sideline about 11, 12 yards short. And he's falling down, of course. Yeah. So, of course. Of course, like, as an Ole Miss fan, you're like, all right, game, game is over. Game on is the Ole Miss sideline. Yes. Uh, he has to get an additional 12 yards from that point yes. in order for this game to even continue. Anything right. less than that, and it's over. So he throws it back another 14 yards. <laughs> That's how far the ball traveled. Into and it's, a just a, like, I hate to use this, but, like, sharks sharks in a pool. Like, there's, like, so many people around. There's there, there's the odds of it. It's like one of those carnival games. It's like, hey, throw this ring on these greased and lubed up bottle tops. And they're like, yeah, I can do that. That's easy. And then you throw it, and it's like ding, 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 ding. Like, it goes everywhere because there's so many different effing bottle tops there. That's what this he threw it into. You know what it is, too? It's the bouquet toss at a wedding. <laughs> Such a better cop. That's so good. That's it. That's that's what plays out. It's, it's, it is the bouquet toss. And then, like, like you're just like, oh, my God, this is going to be so much fun. This will be fun to watch. <laughs> and then, like, the 6'2", 200-pound cousin comes in. It's like, that's mine. <laughs> wow, she's really got She's still got it. <laughs> Alex Collins picks the ball up off the ground. And he's basically back at the line of scrimmage, too. This is which the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> for a fourth and 25 play to be back at the line of scrimmage to pick up the ball and be like oh crap i gotta yeah. get 25 yards right now seriously um, hunter we're, we were like we were only 11 yards short now we're back to square one <laughs> i have no idea how from that point on alex collins gains 30 yards Ooh. if he gains if he gains 20 it's over it's, it's over, over. It's so yes, it, like which oh, I know. I'm sorry, Ole Miss fans. I know that has to like sting because it's like, hey, just don't do this. And, and like so, so if you're, if you're, there was number seven. I'm I'm solely convinced, and I don't know who it was. I think it's number seven on this play. I'm solely convinced he is the only player on Ole Miss's team who would have made made the tackle. There's nobody near him. There's nobody near him. But like this, there's only one player that's still trailing. Full speed, going after him. It's not like, wait, what? Like, what happened? He he's like, and then he gets taken out by his own player. Like, it's right awful. as I was calling catch. It's awful. It, this would this would scar me for life. But credit credit Arkansas for having enough guys to get out ahead of Alex Collins. Who yeah. he's just he. I I think in the back of Alex Collins' mind, after he picks up that ball, he thinks I have to score. Yeah, because. At the end of the play, after he has gained the first down, which was all Arkansas needed. Arkansas didn't need a touchdown to keep the game alive. They just needed to pick up the net, the yards necessary on 4th and 25. He's five yards after the marker. Right. 
and he looks to lateral the ball to a teammate, <laughs> which another thing that I totally forgot about. And he essentially tries to hand the ball off to another teammate, and Arkansas oh, pounces right on top of it. They they reviewed it on the replay, and the officials are replaying this for what was probably like six, seven minutes of real yeah. time. Almost, it felt like they were just reviewing it, basically to be like, wait a minute, that just happened? Right. Did, like, did that really just happen? And I think they were reviewing whether or not Arkansas made a clear recovery at the end of the play, or if Henry's knee wasn't down. But what made me so mad was, besides the fact that Carter Blackburn's call, as you brought up, was terrible. So bad. It was awful. He had no idea what was going on. Was you had Aaron Taylor in the seconds after this, while they're replaying this, oh, yeah. he kept saying, I don't know who touched the ball first after Hunter Henry's heave like went backwards. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. This isn't like a play where somebody's trying to come in from out of bounds and catch a pass. This is a lateral. He threw the ball back 14 yards. This is a backwards pass. There is yeah. nothing that matters in terms of who touched the ball first. And for whatever reason, Aaron <laughs> Taylor is convinced that he needs to figure this out and that will give us the answer to this play and whether or not it's allowed to happen. And it's like... No, you're looking at the wrong thing. You need to process the fact that we just saw one of the craziest plays in college football history. Right. And you have no idea why this was why this is happening. Oh, it bothered me so much. I'm taking a picture right now of my computer screen. Will's gonna hate it. Um, but hold on. Uh, Brandon Allen's face after they after they get the first down is is one of the most <laughs> Like his hands are on his hips, and he's just smiling ear to ear. Like that was fun. Like that was deep. <laughs> Dad, did you see that? Like it was just oh my god. I, I'll post it shortly. But what a what an incredible reaction that is so inappropriately joyful for this moment. Like it's like it's like he's smiling like it's a school picture, or like yeah. like like he just got named to be like like hey you were named second most athletic for your high school senior superlative, and he's like that's cool smile. Like that's that's exactly what it looks like. I need to hear from Ole Miss fans or Arkansas yeah. fans. If you were in the building that day, yeah. I need to know the crowd reaction because from the broadcast, they didn't really do a good job of, of showing the stunned faces as no. much because you're still trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, they, you have to show the play. You have to show even how it ended too because there's this controversial fumble that happened because it was definitely a fumble. Like he. Yeah. Alex Collins full on like let's go of the ball there. And Dominic Reed, Johnny on the spot, is able to pounce on it. That's the only reason this play was allowed to happen. Because if Ole Miss had recovered the fumble right there, right. Ole Miss wins and the game is over because of course they needed the touchdown to be able to make this game even continue. Yep. So just so many different things going on, so many moving pieces at the end of this game. And you sort of forget that, okay. You talk about the psyche of trying to come back from that. If you're an Ole Miss defender in that moment when you're like, I mean, I, I thought we had them. Their yeah. games game should have been over. Game absolutely should have been over. And then Ole Miss. Keep in mind, Arkansas scored with 50 seconds to go in this game. This this game is so similar to the kick six in terms of the way it ended, where you're like, what in the like, like Ole Miss fans have to feel like like they should have never been in this situation. Not only is it fourth and 25, but like you give up a touchdown with them less than a minute to go in regulation. The, the mood swings for an Ole Miss fan, though, at the end of this game, had to be all over the place because you, you, you also 
Yeah, you probably also went from thinking, oh, man, Arkansas is about to hit a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation, yeah. too. So you would kind of convince yourself that you're about to lose. You would convince yourself that you're set up to win. So many different times in which you probably went every possible way for, yeah. for an Ole Miss fan. And instead, this game ends with um, you had Arkansas scoring the touchdown, which you're thinking, all right, so we're going to have double overtime. Maybe right. Arkansas is about to play another four-overtime game like they did earlier in the season uh-huh. against Auburn. And instead, you have this conversion attempt, this all-or-nothing conversion attempt. And you had Brandon Allen drops back to pass on this, and he's got nothing. It's like a designed rollout, and there's nothing there. And Ole Miss looks like it's just about to swarm him. It's Marquise Haynes who is on top of Brandon Allen. And it looks like a sack. And it looks like he brings him down. Boom. Ole Miss wins. Players are starting to run out of the field, celebrate. But no, no, no. There's a flag on the field, and it absolutely was a flag, and it was a face mask on Marquise Haynes. Right. And Arkansas gets new life. And so after that, they dial up a different play, and it's Brandon Allen on the keeper. And, <laughs> and Brandon and Allen that's beats all him with his legs. That's all he needed. He dives into the end zone and gets it, and then like his entire team pounces on him. And he, poor Brandon Allen, who's just celebrated this incredible game-winning two-point conversion after this wild finish is like dead on the field and he's got trainers all around him and you know he's he's able to to recover and he's fine but like he can't even celebrate bizarre just a bizarre yeah. weird scene and something that nobody could have predicted and even as we sit here we're an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast yeah, describing go this back it still doesn't quite feel like this could have happened no i agree i agree let's hurry up and finish it though because we had to record another podcast today, and also this we is true. This is the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs> this is the best. Uh, real quick, what? All right, well, the best lateral? In- You're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it might be the best lateral in college football history. It's not. It's not. It's up there. It's up there. It's, it's better than the Reggie Bush lateral in the national championship in 2005. Oh, that's so messed say up. That. The se- it's the second best lateral in cultural history. The first was obviously the 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 band is on the field. I mean, this is up there, though, for the creativity of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a no-look... There, like, there's a no-look lateral in the in the Cal-Stanford game from 82. He when, threw the ball. He threw yeah, the ball sure. backwards as he's falling down. Like, it's one of a kind. <laughs> the bouquet tosses. That's, you've been on fire today. This is good. This is really good. All right, go ahead. Let's finish it up. What would have happened afterwards if the result was flipped? Here's a question. Does Bama make the playoff? Now, before no, you don't. definitively say, before you, def- oh, oh, okay, so there, there is at least a little bit of a discrepancy here. Okay, so Ole Miss uh, would have played for an SEC title um, with the West one. Um, I don't think that Ole Miss necessarily blocks Bama's path. Like, I don't think Ole Miss would have necessarily gotten that playoff spot because they had the two losses, one of them being that brutal Memphis loss. Yeah. It's a little bit like 2017 in a way because you would have had Bama sitting there with one loss without even a bid to a conference championship, but you also would have had 11-1 Ohio State, that team that was unanimous preseason number one in the country but had the one loss at home to Michigan State. You also had a 12-1 Iowa team that had just lost in the final minute against Michigan State, which obviously they got exposed in the Rose Bowl, but at that time, still 12-1 and was kind of the underdog story of that year. You also had two lost Stanford, who had just won the Pac-12 with Christian McCaffrey, who 
as we know in the Rose Bowl, was very, very good. Not that that matters in terms oh. of whether or not they should have made the playoff, but that oh, would have no, been Bama a, would've made, Bama would have made it. That still no, would have been a wild playoff no. debate, though, with those teams, just because you had other one-loss non-conference champions, and then you yeah. also had the two-loss Stanford team that would have gotten consideration because of how well that that team was playing down the stretch as well. I agree. I think the band would have gotten in, I, like, because because of what happened with Henry and that LSU game, especially after this. Probably, we'll see. probably, um, Ole Miss probably finishes a top five team if they yeah. win this game. Because um, I think they beat Florida in the SEC championship. I know that Florida they beat them earlier. By, like, I know, but that was drum, like but that was with Will Greer, and they didn't oh, have yeah. Will Greer at the end of the year. Um, so, but that could have also shifted bowl games too. They might not have had the same sort of matchup in the bowl game. So I don't know how that would have worked. But here's maybe another more interesting question. I alluded to this earlier. Would Arkansas have given Brett Bielema that new deal? No. Because he gets the new deal after this year. It would not have been an improvement for the total wins that year because they would have only had seven wins. They would have been four and four in the SEC as opposed to having a winning record in the SEC. Yeah. The extension came after the bowl game. And there's this shot after the game, if you watched it all the way through the celebration, all the way through the post-game interview, where they show Arkansas Athletic Director Jeff Long finding Bielema on the field. And they have this long hug. And it's just a little bit of a reminder. Keep in mind, this is a road game for Arkansas here where you know the, the AD is on the field, and he knows how big this is. This is his big-time hire. And you're just reminded of the dynamics at play here and how badly Jeff Long wanted to make Brett Bielema work and yeah. the guy at Arkansas and gave him that money for that eight-win season. And it still haunts Arkansas to this day that Bielema yeah. ultimately signed that deal. So I don't know if he gets that contract without this one. No, he, they, did they win the four-overtime game against Arkansas? I mean, against yes, Auburn? They yes, Because Auburn sucked that year. That was Jeremy Johnson's year with Will Muschamp at D coordinator. Oh, my God. And there's also there's a video clip of Will Muschamp signaling in a play call that is one of the most memorable moments of my 2010s in the SEC. I'll, I will send it to you. I might even post it on Twitter because it is... It is inappropriate, but it is funny oh as hell. Um, oh yeah, I think if you're Brett Bielema, you really have to be like, thank God for those two games. Thank God I yep. called that guy. Because it's like, yep. that is, there's no way he signs that deal. And also, going into the next season, you you have to know in the back of your head, like, sheesh. Like, if we get, if like, you talk about, like, close wins and how those don't always, like, turn out the same for you next mm-hmm. year. This, that is, oh, you really, yeah. you, just by the skin of your teeth. Anyway. Yeah. The player image that we'll always remember when thinking of this. The blocked um, field goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, tweet, I tweeted it out. I said, you know what? We know what won't be the new yeah. state flag in Mississippi. It is Hunter Henry falling and throwing the ball back 14 yards. We had an Arkansas we had an Arkansas like Instagram page send us a message um, that they had and they photoshopped the flag with that in place of the confederate flag oh. like, like like the current flag but where the confederate flag part was it's that play so it still For has the like mississippi, the rest, yeah the mississippi flag yeah. yeah and it was i was dying like it was it was hilarious and, and like i'm, I'm sorry old mr like this sucks it's a terrible loss and i realize that we've done two heartbreaking losses for a team that has really like maybe we need to do like the bama win or something like that they had over oh bama. crap we've done three what was the third we one? did the we did the auburn one too what was the second one then the egg bowl with Elijah Moore. Oh. Sorry, Ole Miss fans. Oh. <coughs> to be, well, yeah. Oh, Dang. God. And, and Ark, well, yeah. Okay, that's, okay. Uh, it was Connor's choice. Dang it. 
Anyway, right. player image that I'll always think of, obviously, is the same play. Now, what's funny about this, and I told Connor beforehand, so I watched the full game yesterday, and then this morning I'm, like, going through, like, this is, like, like my usual process. is like, like, right beforehand I'll watch, like, at least a, like, the 15-minute clip, right? Like, like you find on, on uh, YouTube, it's, like, um, you have, like, what do you call it? It's, like, just, just, like, refresh everything so you know, you know, like, hey, this play happened, this play happened, this was a turning point, whatever. But I'm watching it beforehand, and I click on one, it's like 11 minutes long. And I was like, that doesn't seem long enough for how this game turned out. Like, 50, 105 total points. Like, I don't... So if you're an Ole Miss fan, watch this version. Because <laughs> I'm watching it this morning. <laughs> I'm watching it this morning. And it is... It's an incredible clip, highlight reel of, of these two quarterbacks, for one. But then, two, I'm watching it, and and they show the like the personal foul face mask penalty when the game should have been over. Another cold take. And then the video just ends. And it went to, <laughs> it went to like the next video. And I think, and I can't remember if this is real, but like, you know how when you get on YouTube, it just, go, it automatically, if you end a video, it just goes to another video. Right, right. I'm pretty sure the next one was like, Ole Miss Bama 2014 or 2015. It was like, because it's like the next like popular one. So it was like, I mean, that's, that's the version you should watch. So anyway. That's all you need to know about this game. A lot of that's points right. were scored and uh, there was maybe a face mask penalty. Who knows what happened after that? Yeah, that is no it. No idea. Um... We're still figuring out what our It Just Spent More schedule is going to look like. We were planning on kind of changing things with SEC Media Days in the middle of July, but now that that is not happening during the timeline that we were expecting from July 13th through 16th, who knows? Maybe we're going to be doing a little bit of this this type of schedule for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of other games that we have been meaning to do that we are hoping to get to as well. We're gonna we're gonna get our buddy Doring on one of these very very yeah. soon as well. We are overdue to 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 revisit with our good buddy CD. Um, so we will have that coming up as well pretty soon. I think yes. Yeah, so if you're listening to this on Sunday, we're going to have and in case you missed it podcast in lieu yeah. of a Debates Down South podcast. So um, be on the lookout for that. If you just kind of need a little bit of a refresher of what's been going on, how it could impact the next couple months, we're going to provide all of that as well. So um, hopefully everybody enjoyed this little fun trip for non uh, Ole Miss fans, I think. You know? Yeah. I think everybody, everybody, everybody remembers this game and remembers the way that it ends and hopefully this provided a little bit of joy for just one of the wildest plays you'll ever see in college football. Ever. Ever. Matt Luke. Matt Luke, what do we need to remember? It might mean too much, y'all. You love that stutter now. I do. I got to pay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.